Yo, what up, pod racers? Are you like me where you sunburn easily? Have narrow shoulders you want to hide from the world? Weirdly small nips? Great news, we have a solution. Original tabletop shirt designs. Reading Rainbow, Dungeon Club, a dungeon in a dragon. Find these and more over at patreon.com slash goblins growlers shirt club at the $25 tier. These are all exclusive limited run designs. We'll never bring them back again. So be sure you get yours by signing up at patreon.com slash goblins growlers. Yippee! I think I think we should have a shirt that's just flames and then out of the flames emerges quid pro roll. I was thinking that we should have a t-shirt that's just flames and then Johannes in the Elmo pose. Oh, uh, what's Elmo's voice? Elmo here. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> it's <laughs> me. Demon <laughs> Elmo. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> You're I'm Elmo who smoked like Elmo. You're starting to sound like Chucky sp- on helium. I smoked <laughs> ten packs a day. <laughs> That's the no. obvious choice for a flame-oriented hoodie for us is to just have the Palabar skyline on it, and it says at the t- at the bottom, it's five o'clock somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> saving the town. <laughs> this is Quid Pro Roll. A fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news and variant and beyond can make its way right to you. Well, Koza disappeared below deck, which gave the party a bit of a scare. So they came up with some plans to get aboard the same vessel. And while the party attempted to gain passage across the river from a suspiciously business-savvy chicken, Koza was busy building chaos and blending in until an idea struck and a bird-brained plan was hatched. And though they did make it across the river, the party was having a mixed experience of a time convincing the crew to let them aboard. Though, Boat's bluff was rather bewildering. Let's see how it all pans out. And as always, y'all take care now. Koza. Yeah. You are sprinting out of the ship. You notice the smell of smoke that comes from the burning of wood. As if you recall, you left matches that were lit on wood. Well, I mean, a match, if you just put a match on a plank of wood, it's not going to. It's not. Excuse me, lit a, and I quote, beakful of matches. Okay, if you put a beakful of matches on a plank of wood, it's not gonna just go up. We don't know um, how dense the wood is in Virian. Yeah, you also didn't know that the ship, uh, everybody has oil on their <laughs> shoes, did you? Yeah, I guess I didn't it's, know that. The water, the water seal is pure tar. Tar seal. <laughs> uh, Johannes, boat, boat, you have found some incriminating documents mm-hmm. and also begin smelling smoke. 
Mm -hmm. I better save these documents and all these uh, very carefully apportioned piles of money that are here. <laughs> Just start shoveling it into your onesie. So you have weird bulges all over Does you. the table have like receipts underneath where the particular piles of money are? It looks like the denominations of the money are indicated on the different like documents you already have. Okay. Well, I just try to keep those together then. So it'll be easy to give the money back to its rightful owners. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and yeah. add that to your inventory. Well, the rightful owners are actually probably criminals who hired these people to smuggle illegal monsters to them. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they didn't get their money back, I don't think. However you want to justify that to yourself, man. Does that make them wrongful owners? Wrongful purchasers, maybe. They don't own anything yet because they don't have it. They haven't mm. received it. But yeah, I will, uh, I will start making my way out of there at this point. Um, Johannes was still in there with me, wasn't he? He was looking for yes. stuff. Boat, this box is made of paper. What's in it? Uh, I don't know. Let's find out. Paper. What? It's a paper box full of paper. <laughs> it's exhibits it's like box. Paperception. <laughs> a veritable Barosian nesting doll. Mm -hmm. mm, what's inside this paper? I open the paper. Like you rip it in half or like you unfold it like an origami? Like Yeah. All right. So you unfold the origami that you suspiciously found within the paper box, uh, only to see that it seems to be a letter that somebody wrote to someone they knew some time ago, as the paper is aged at this point, and the creases from the origami are almost at the point that they're cuts in the paper itself. <gasps> Boat. <laughs> this is a letter written by somebody who knew who they were sending it to. What's it say? Dear friend. <laughs> My dearest friend, I'm so sorry to hear that the plague took your mother. I remember the times that she would take care of us back when we were in school. I didn't have a home back then. It was difficult. I also remember fondly the woods near our home where we would used to play. Do you remember that one time when we saw a dryad? And it is of this that I write to you with love nostalgia, and a request for 40 sovereigns. Your dearest friend, Schmendrick. It's at this point that Johannes uh, kind of like goes and he like swipes his brow and he's like, but is it hot in here? Um, yeah, a little bit. Somebody, it looks like somebody started a fire. Uh, and boats You see a greasy gentleman looking suspicious run up at like yelping and begin stomping out the fire with his boots. Oh, I go and I stop the fire with my boots. Wonderful. Uh, it will smolder down mm -hmm. and appears that yet another arson, but this one has been thwarted. Um, I, I spit on where the fire was. You're in your honk shoe era. <laughs> so Johannes is standing over there with greasy guy. Yes. Okay. And I'm still in the room. Yes. Hey, man, you're greasy. <laughs> And I'm Johannes. Lovely to meet you. That's terribly rude. What are you doing in here? Uh, I'm the assistant to the assistant inspector. Insistent what now? The assistant of the assistant to the assistant. Maybe for the inspector. Boat's over at you. Yeah. Boat, uh, Boat walks up confidently. He's like, I, I apologize for my insistent assistant assistant. But uh, I am uh, I'm Curtis Bodington and I am the regional boat inspector. 
He's absolutely crushing it today. Yeah. It's unreal. And uh, uh, I, I've, I came aboard just to inspect the seaworthiness of the boat pursuant to regulations. I spoke to your man upstairs. Uh-huh. He looks at you vacantly. And we found the fire while we were down here. Yeah, that wasn't there before. Do you, uh, are you carrying any flammables? Uh, he ruffles around in his pockets and pulls up a small satchel of smoking tobacco. No, I mean, is the boat carrying any flammables? Uh, the boat's carrying me and I'm carrying this. I'm, I meant, you know, more cargo oriented than anything. Only lamp oil? And this okay. sounds like you'd get along with the uh, failed philosopher's stone. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, let's um, let's get down into the hold and take a look at the take a look at things and just make sure we don't have any kind of uh, cargo leak that could have uh, instigated a fire. Who knows what it looks like down there? Uh, y- yeah. If you're, you know, the important boat person, I guess I gotta. I am uh, the important boat person. Are you the captain? Uh, no, the captain's busy right now, but I am his uh, buddy. Are you the bosun? I'm his buddy. He's the captain's pal. I'm the I'm the the guy, the 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 do stuff guy. The do stuff guy? Are you his fixer? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, like there's a name, right? For like the captain's best pal. That's my job. You're the assistant of the assistant of the captain. Yeah, it, it, it's there's a boat name for it. Oh, captain's oh. best friend. You're the uh, you're the you're the captain of the poop deck. Oh no, man! I actually got some medicine and that helped that a yeah. lot. Take me to the hold. <laughs> <laughs> you are brought down even deeper into the ship. The smell of the wood makes you pretty confident that you are under the water at this point. Okay. Everything is a little damp, but nothing particularly notable there's food there's rum there's lamp oil there's linens there's a couple of things here and there that are clearly important export worthy goods but nothing notable so like talking about the lamp oil like are we talking about like barrels of lamp oil down there or just the lamp we're, oil we're that's talking in the about lamp? however much lamp oil a ship would probably need to get through a journey okay. across the ocean is it whale oil no. Okay. What kind of oil is it? It is a plant-derived oil that is mine. That it, I don't want to say mined, but it is <laughs> harvested and extracted from trees in the like near the Varian woods. So it's like flammable maple syrup. Honestly, kinda. Yeah, except you do not want to eat this. It is not sweet or delicious. Mm-hmm. It's it's harvested by tree elves that are like the Keebler style. So mm-hmm. they like they consider it mining because they have to like dig down deep into the tree. Well, I mean, you have to tap the trees and stuff like I didn't I, I forgot the word for tapping. Yeah. Well, when the they call it mining, because when the big people come to take it from the elves, they say mine and then they haul it away. <laughs> that was so stupid. But but all right. So it doesn't look like there's any leaks or anything like that. Uh, so I all right. I think we can not I, that you can immediately tell, but you are also not actually a boat inspector. And I'm also actually not looking for lamp oil leaks because I know it was not an oil fire. Um, I was doing this to give other people more time to get away and not be 
has Johannes, I guarantee you came with you. I'm right here. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way he left. All right, so we need to all right, let's let's get back topside. I you know, I'm underwater right now, so I don't like being a U-boat. Ha <laughs> <laughs> All all good things must come to an end. No, you win some, you lose some. It's a it's a numbers game, man. You just gotta keep going. You can't be the tagline of QPR. We make so many stupid jokes. You'll find at least one shotgun funny pattern. Shotgun QPR pattern. colon. It's a numbers game. <laughs> you win some, you lose yeah. some and you set some on fire. Yeah. Quid pro roll. All right. Oh, did we get this guy's name? The the, da no. the yeah. Dave's not here guy. No, you called him greasy. He is greasy. I didn't call him greasy. Well, I mean, I said, no, I... you did say you're greasy. Yeah, but he is greasy. You identified him as greasy. Name's... Yeah, because he's greasy. His... I identified that he is greasy. His name's Gary Reesey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, don't laugh at that one, Josh. <laughs> I was amused. All right, let's get back topside. Let's get back topside. You're brought up topside and it looks like there was a little bit of a ruckus with the small attempted fire. But Koza, you should be off the boat by now, or are you just standing there with all of their gold and their ledger? Yeah, I, I sprinted off the boat and just kept sprinting for a bit. Yeah, yeah, taking advantage of the Koza's <laughs> He's still running. He's like three miles away. He's just a seagull who's been running for a long He's just time. He's still going and Alita is still running after him. Just a small boy. I think just a wee a wee lad. I think in the in the time that everybody else goes below decks and starts like making a ruckus, Solinar like slowly approaches the guy who was like, Yeah, you're not going below decks. And it's like, hey, hey, you listen. This guy's way more dangerous than you would ever give him credit for. He looks so unassuming, but he's dangerous. He's very dangerous. And then as he hears like sprinting coming up the stairs behind him, he like dramatically turns around and is like, wait, there he is. And then chases Koza off the boat and into the near. You said there was a forest nearby. Show us on the no, map. There Alex. isn't. It's just plains. It's just fields. OK, so he's he's running off into the fields and Solinar is chasing him. Yes. By which I mean, Solinar should be able to more than keep pace because he could do dash as a bonus action, but he's not actually trying to catch Koza. Yeah, Koza kind of looks fine and realizes nobody's. Is anybody from the boat chasing him? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, uh, Solinar. Yeah, this bounty hunter named Solinar. Yeah, and that's it. And Alita, but yeah. yeah. Koza slows down, eventually stops, and he's like, oh, this was supposed to be for a distraction. He just kind of throws the bag of gold away. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, Solinar oh, goes after the bag You distracted somebody. Um, and Koza's going to take that, that book out and give it a little mm -hmm. flip through it. A little flip through the logbook. So the logbook is going to have... He's wondering what he would find in the logbook. So you find very, very detailed instructions and information about various magical creatures and monsters. You also see manifests. Manifests about things that were coming in and out specifically of Saxon Heath. Many things that are notably of questionable legality, but more than anything, you notice imports and exports 
of various magical creatures and monsters. Don't worry, Chapman, I got it. Oh, the my wood joke? Yes. Okay. Um, oh. Oh my. They've been transporting old magic creatures? I don't think that's legal. Based off of what you experienced with almost getting your head bitten off in the crate and uh, what you are seeing here on the manifest, it does appear that a chimera was what almost bit your head off. Oh, oh, I think that's a chimera in the crate. Why do you, Solonar, why do you think they're transporting these animals? Does it describe in the book why they're transporting them? It does not. Okay. Only that they are where they're going and where they're from. And how to, you know, not die when you're transporting them. Solonar. Solonar pops out of some of the nearby brush and is like, well, I I have to imagine that it's uh, part of that exotic animal trade that was happening in Tinkerhaven. Hold on, I'm, I'm still missing a couple of pieces of coin here. Um, okay, and where, what, because it's going to flip through and look through where they're all going. It looks like they're going to a couple of different places, some of them on areas around the fringes of Alaria, some of them going down to Tinkerhaven. Honestly, most of them going to Tinkerhaven, but some are also going into the areas between Talair and Alaria. Does it say, as, are there any names I recognize? You do see the name Fulger come up a lot. As the receiver or the, like... The accounts are payable to. Okay. Wait, I don't deal with accounts, so I don't know who... They they are the ones receiving the money for this transaction. Okay. So they're the ones selling the... They're providing the goods goods. and or services. Yeah. Fulger, um... Does Johannes' family deal with animals? Magical animals? And monsters? And creatures? And beasts? And little guys? (laughs) And big guys? Solonar coming out of the brush with the uh, sack of money. Like, I think I I got it all. Uh, I mean, no, they're inventors, aren't they? Like, they're the ones that came up with the lifting Folger. Oh, yeah, the best part of about getting up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was good. That was really good. Mid roll, mid roll. We can only do the fade out joke so many times, you guys. Yeah, mid- that's true. Mid roll, mid roll, mid roll, mid roll. The lifting folger is, of course, one of the greatest inventions ever made. And here to demonstrate for me is this man who is about to get onto this roof. I know what you're thinking. That's way too high of a roof. But don't worry. The lifting folger can solve everything. Excuse me, sir. Uh, me? Yes, the only sir around here for a long ways. What are you thinking about doing some work on your house? What are you thinking about doing? Well, uh, since that meteor came and broke her down on my roof, I gotta mm-hmm. fix the hole. A huge hole. Look at this hole. Wow. Beautiful, perfect, picturesque. Took the meteor, sold it. What did you buy with that meteor fund? Well, I uh, bought a, this here uh, lift and doodad. <gasps> Is that a Johannes? Wait, a Fulger lift? <laughs> a I lifting don't know what, Fulger? I don't, I don't know if I have a harness, but I do have... <laughs> 
this uh, lifting forge. Demonstrating it for you now. As you can see, it doesn't matter how heavy, gainly, large, portly, or pot-bellied you are, the lifting folder brings you straight to the top safely. And that's why- Yeah, I'm all those things, and I'm not gonna die on the way up. Look at him, he's alive on his way up. The, the, what happens on the roof itself is not warranted, but the lifting folder is a perfect device for getting you where you need to go. And now the jingle, everybody together, please. The, the best, best part about waking up, up oh. is, <laughs> is getting up is, the, is the lifting folder on your roof. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, if you go to uh, uh, goblinsandgrowlers.com, slash lifting fulgur and you use the code quid pro roll sent me you can get a free lifting fulgur with qualifying purchase of a lifting fulgur mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so after that commercial break that bought enough time for boat to read and johannes to rejoin Hello. the rest of the group mm-hmm. along oh and look uh cole and the animals are there too oh whole team Thank you, convenient commercial break. Wow. I can't believe how crazy the shenanigans were to get all of us in one place, but I'm really glad that we're going to get to share them as a story with everyone that uh, cares about our adventures. So anyway, uh, it sounds like we even more so need to go to Saxon Heath now. Actually, don't we need to go back to the river? to get on the ferry or are we on the ferry right now what's nope, the ferry situation we're in the woods we're in the fields and Though, to be honest if you you could also just continue walking south you've crossed the river which was the big thing you can take the long way which is walking across the land setting fires on the river that's how you cross the river. well we already didn't we already pay the chicken though yeah we did yeah we, for... paid, we paid the chicken for the full trip i think yeah but the chicken might just be completing that trip there's really no saying this was all a scam to get the chicken close to the corn. The chicken was never going to take us to Saxon Heath to begin with. All right, guys. To the south. Johannes points to the south and he starts marching. So we're just going to walk then? Oh, well, maybe not. I mean, we could also we, go to the river. We did make that deal with that chicken, but I don't know if that chicken can be trusted. Koza, hmm. Boat, are you two okay? You look kind of distracted. Oh, I was distracted <coughs> because I ran all the way over here after getting us out of there. And uh, very dangerous for your heart with yeah. all that ham consumption. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, but, you know, what did you guys think about how I've managed to get us below decks on that boat? That was that was really great, wasn't it? Uh, the deception I was able to pull on that guy. You could say that uh, I really made the sale. <laughs> oh, my God. So Whoa. good. So you just got to approach these situations with confidence and you'll be rewarded every time. Uh, I thought I was approaching it with confidence and he was like, you stay the hell off my boat. (laughs) You weird guy who wants to do inspections on my clearly illegal smuggling operation, please come aboard. (laughs) Anyway, I was rushing because while the fire was going on, I managed to do a little investigation and I uh, found uh, I found some information. Uh, that apparently, and I'm sorry to tell you this, buddy, uh, Johannes's family is involved in this smuggling operation. 
Oh, I found that too. What? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. You found you found that out and you got a bag of money? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I threw that away. That was just for a distraction. What? <laughs> what? No worries. I've got the bag of money. How much is it? 400 gold. How much what? do you have? Well, I haven't <laughs> Solinar? I haven't counted it yet. I just have the bag. I pulled like 20 gold off the ground though to put back in the bag. So, it's a lot. Alex ruined your opportunity to lie to the party and pocket extra money. Solinar doesn't do that. Depends on everybody's got a price, as the million dollar man taught us in the 80s. I feel like Solinar has shown himself to be significantly less materialistic than many other rogues. Well, he's still materialistic. He's just uh, sentimentally materialistic. Hard to be materialistic about money or uh, sentimental about money. Sorry about your sword, bud. My family's involved in the legal smuggling? What even are they smuggling? Monsters. Uh, would you like to see? It's right here. Koza flips through page after page after page of like mm. smuggled creatures. It's just it's just uh vulgar like all the way down and then you flip it and it's just all the way down and <laughs> yeah. you keep flipping it and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> there's a few things here that aren't coming from my family. There's a, there's a picture of members of Johannes's family handing manticores to somebody. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> Here's it's a like, baby manticore that we gave you as a present one time. It's like uh, illuminated manuscript. Wouldn't a baby manticore be like a boy tacore? Man, that was a sound. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that sound was a thousand times better than the joke. We're adding, we're adding that to our own jazz farts remix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it will now take its place next to cork noise. Yeah, we have cork noise and fart noise. We're putting it right here on the mantle, right where everyone. <laughs> Mouth yeah, farts on WAV. Yeah. <laughs> in in brackets, final final take. <laughs> I don't think my family's involved in this. I don't know. It seems weird that Saxon Heath would have a different Fulger that would be involved in illegal stuff that has nothing to do with your family. Do you have any criminal cousins? No. I think I know every one of my family. Should we go ask them about about what what all this is about? You want us to just walk up to Johannes's family and say, hello, what kind of crimes are you involved in? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's the exact take we got to do on this. I was being sarcastic. That's a terrible idea. Is it? Yes. Wouldn't Johannes know his family best? I was going to say, I I trust Johannes's instinct on this. Historically, just, just as a note... We've interacted with, with the exception of Johannes, all of our family members, and has that even once gone the way we wanted it to? Well, the interaction with my dad did. I made peace with my father. Koza? Yes? Yeah, see? (laughs) My point stands. What? Um, Koza was too busy continuing to flip through the book. Completely hypnotized by the moving of the pages. 
Somebody's There's drawing a little, a little flip book in the bottom right hand corner. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. a manticore eating a seagull. Whoa. Oh my god. Brutal. I I feel like if anybody's gonna know how best to interact with Johannes's family, it's gotta be Johannes, right? Right. Oh, that's the hope. To the Johannes. Wait. To the Folger household. Is it Folger or Folger? Folger. Wonderful. Yeah. Does Johannes, does your family have a, a large estate? Hmm. Do we have a large estate? And you see Johannes kind of like thinking about it. He's like tapping his and he's like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so everybody knows Alex is just nodding furiously. Hmm. Mm. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it all depends on how you how you uh, I've seen larger. <laughs> didn't didn't you say you used to go truffle hunting on your family's land? Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably not a small estate. Yeah. It would make yeah. it would make sense that Folgers would have lots of grounds. <laughs> I just nobody's laughing all of you listening to this, but I want to just point out that everybody's just sort of silently and with resignation staring into their webcams, <laughs> acknowledging <laughs> the work that I put into that by setting it up specifically I so I could do that. <laughs> I tried my best to imitate the uh, the cough that Gabe sometimes puts into the podcast. I really that, tried really hard. The one that sounds like a gnome. No. Yeah. yeah, they were yeah. they were laughing with their eyes. Is that I, what we were doing? Yes, it was. I guess it's more of an average size estate. I don't know. We'll figure out more when we get there. I'm so intrigued to find out what constitutes an average-sized estate in the mind of Johannes. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I'm interested in the fact that there's the concept of an average-sized estate. Yeah. We all, in all of our heads, we've got the ideas of what an average-sized estate is brewing. You know, and we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to let that brew until we get to the Folger estate. So, real quick, though. We came, we're going to the Folger estate because we wanted them to take care of coal. Well, maybe. If it's a good home for coal, then maybe. And Which, as long as coal's there's... not a monster, uh, we should be okay. Well, I don't know about that, but it does sound like if they're not actually involved with all this monster trafficking business, then they've got a lot of land, plenty of space for coal to roam around and have adventures in the woods. And stuff like that. Like, I, I could see that being a good time for coal. You don't think that they're going to sell coal because of the whole horrible sealed monster thing, do you? We're assuming they're not involved in the monster trafficking business. And that this is some sort of, like, elaborate ruse, right? Like, Johannes seems to think that there's no way his family's involved in this. What if... What if S. Folger is an anagram for the real perpetrator? Johannes, Johannes, golfer. Yes. Are there any golf club? Are there any um, golf courses anywhere near your estate? And do they oh. have animals? Oh my gosh! Let me think about it. First, there are, and including one on the estate. Do they have animals? Yes, they do. That could be it. I mean, I think we then, have a lead. And then they changed the name using the anagram to Folger to cover their tracks. 
This is, honestly, this is pretty devious work. Like, we should be letting your parents know that someone's misusing their name like this. Well, there's only one way to let my parents know, and that's to let my parents know. <laughs> Let's go! It's going to take about a day or so for you guys to travel through the fields down to Saxon Heath. Is there anything you guys want to do in this time before arriving to the town? I mean, does this mean that we have to camp on the road at some point? Yes. I mean, I think during during camp time, Solinar is going to try to get used to his new rapier, which I think Swing. has like a whole different hilt. Uh, how tall was Astrid? Astrid was about five foot six, five foot seven. Okay, so that's that's nice at least. He doesn't have to get used to a whole new blade weight because her blade length would have been about the same as his. But it's still like it's still a different sword with a slightly different composition. So he's like and different he's magical doing, properties. He's doing forms. He's uh kind of like swishing the blade through tall grass, just trying to get used to the reach and everything. Trying to find it. rupees. <laughs> I mean, if there's money in the in the tall grass, like he would love to find. Oh well, that, I mean, in that case, sure. he should have thrown the chicken that was running the ferry, <laughs> or carried it on top of his head and jumped off something tall so he could fly places. Mm -hmm. So, Solinar, as you're going to go through these forms and as you're doing all of this, you see Cole uh, coming up to you holding a small bowl full of stew that's clearly from. Uh, where they were cooking the camp meal. Oh, thanks, Cole. And Solinar's gonna sheathe uh, the Sword of Shireen and dig into the stew. Cole's gonna kind of sit on the dirt, look at the sword, look at you, and pull out his pan flute. You're going to, as he plays the song, feel this sense of pride. Not you feeling pride in yourself, but the idea and feeling that Cole is very proud of you. Well, I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, I, I am of the opinion that this is a temporary situation and that once Astrid is free of my sword, I'll be able to have it back at some point. But Either way, I wasn't going to hold her captive on our adventure. That just didn't seem right. Cole's going to kind of like look up at the sky and then he's going to look back at you and then he's going to take a stick and clear off a little bit of the space and write in the dirt. Do you regret it? Do I regret adding a sentient gem to my sword that then ultimately led to my sword not being able to be with me? That's, um... I don't know. I didn't really think about that. I guess not, because she was really helpful in multiple situations. I guess, I guess what I wonder is, if I hadn't put her in my sword, could she have maybe helped me and then not been beholden to my weapon. And that, I don't know, and I won't know, because I'd have to go back and change the history of everything, and that's not inside my power. And even if it was, I don't, I don't know for sure that I would. I don't know. I don't know. 
Cole's going to kind of like lean back and he's just going to kind of enjoy the space with you for as the evening goes on. You two just kind of sit in a quiet and contemplative peace. Once Solinar finishes his stew, he'll take the rapier back up. He'll pass Cole the stick that he'd been writing with. And he'll be like, here, I'll show you a couple of basic forms so you can practice on your own time. With that adorable concept, the evening will fade into night and again into the new dawn. You all pack up the camp and head towards Saxon Heath. When you arrive in the town, it is a charming city. Well, city's probably a stretch. Charming large town. There are cobblestone streets and beautiful, clean, and bright brick-fronted buildings with hanging wooden signs that indicate all different kinds of shops, restaurants, taverns, inns, clothiers. All in all, it is a very pleasant and beautiful town. Flowers line the streets and hang in baskets off of almost every window. There is a fountain at the center of town that also seems to be the main water source, as you see several people surrounding it, carrying buckets and vases as they, you know, fill up for the day. Welcome to Saxon Heath, also known as my hometown. It's a gorgeous village. Thank you. I lived here myself. <laughs> I, d is your family... You all are like... Lords or yeah, some kind of some kind of nobility that actually operates the land, right? Yeah, we are Alex. What are we? <laughs> are we a duke? <laughs> are we a duke? You're either duke or marquis. We're either a duke or a marquis. I so think if, I? if they're a marquis, there ought to be a big sign saying so somewhere. Mm, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh. Duke say. Yeah. And so, if it's not, Gabe, just edit in like just us being like, we are Viscount. Like oh, just like Alex, <laughs> Alex oh, run run through run through Viscount. all of them so that Gabe has them all on, on hand. Marquis. <laughs> Duke. Yep. Viscount. Yeah. Prince. Yep. Keep not going. that one. It's not that one. <laughs> yeah, um, well, just in case, keep them going. Yeah, yeah. Mayor. Yep. The the nobility formerly known as Prince. Yeah. Yeah, that one too. Thane. Um. Prince Elector. <laughs> God puppet. Archduke. Burgermeister. Uh, yeah. Keep it going. Boyar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Vassal. Didactic being. <laughs> what? Count Palatine. <laughs> yeah. Cardinal. <laughs> Ooh. Pope. Oratrice Mechanique Denalise Cardinal. Okay. One more and you got it. <laughs> Lord. Woo! That one's from Star Wars. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought it was a musician. So this is Saxon Heath, my hometown. I have many memories here, like over there at that fountain. I once got water from there many times and then I'm once more. And then over there 
That right there, that used to be the hottest milk bar in town. If you want orc milk, they got it hot. <laughs> uh, and then over there, we've got a signal tower. And if you climb up the signal tower at night with the Ouija board, then you might get struck by lightning. And over there is the Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> They're adults now. And then over there, you can see there's a flag. And look, look at all those flags over there on it. You got Alaria, you've got the Folger family, you've got other people's flags. It's pretty exciting. And then over there, oh my God, what is that? It's my home. Johannes, you said that used to be a milk bar. What is it now? <laughs> Oh, now it's just a bar. Oh, okay. It's a bar bar. Yeah, they milked it dry. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I like what Gabe said. He said cheese bar. <laughs> it's a yogurt bar now. <laughs> so, the milk, so the milk bar was teetering on the edge of failure. Oh. <laughs> it's, so called, it's called McCurdles. <laughs> McCurdles! You all go down the cobblestone streets of Saxon Heath as Johannes points out landmarks that are both important and landmarks that he thinks are important. You see you that right there? That those are very different things. You see that right there? That's the Little Mermaid. It's really small. You have to get really close to see it. <laughs> as you continue traveling, you get to the town square, which is a little ways past the fountain. There are a couple of booths that have been set up with beautiful multicolored cloths draping over little little stalls full of gadgets. Johannes, you're going to notice in particular that several of the gadgets look oddly familiar, like a small metal box that can open to produce an almost infinite match. You notice some plans for installations on your house that could I don't know, theoretically lift someone up a floor or two. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are several things that are that level of practical, useful, and whimsical, and they all look very familiar to you. Oh my god. Is that right there? The spiralizer? Where you can take any vegetable and make it into a pasta? <laughs> my, my family invented that. I've only heard of those. I've never seen one in person. Is that the Folger lift? It is. Oh, this, my friend, is the Lifting Berger. What? That's not my name. a co-production of Alpha Comics and Games with Goblins and Growlers. Our audio production and all original music composition is provided by Gabriel Perez. He can be found at Amethyst Audiomancer on Instagram. The voice of Alita and our DM for the podcast is Alex Smith. She can be found at Alpha Comic Games on Twitter. The voice of Charles Gravyboat Barnes is Brandon Dingus. He can be found at Way of Brandalore on Twitter. The voice of Eek and Koza are Chapman Adams. He can be found at What Are Birds on Instagram. 
the voice of Johannes is Alan. He can be found at the Dungeon Meowster on Instagram. And finally, the voice of Solinar is me, Josh Maltby, and I can be found at BlackCloakDM on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, what's what's that? Uh, what's, what is the big song Lord does? Isn't is it, it about we could nobility? Be royals? royals? Yeah, nobility. See, she does, she does a couple of ones, but Royals is the one she's most. That's for. the song. No, 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 she does that one only in Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>